One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I have a Q&A episode for today, which is exciting because I feel like I don't really talk about myself and my life updates too much on the podcast. I usually do that more on social media. I felt kind of a calling in the last few months to really keep the podcast focused on the topics. And I used to do kind of intros about what I'm reading, what I'm listening to, you know, what's up in my life. And then I kind of just removed those segments because I was actually, again, just wanting to dive right into the content of the podcast and what that's meant is I feel like I haven't really like properly shared any big life updates or like talked through some more personal topics so I am excited to dive into some of that today. I got some questions on Instagram. I did a sticker and I've divided them up into a couple of different categories. So just to give you a preview of what we'll be discussing, the first category is kind of just general well-being related questions that fall within the realm of what we would already be talking about on the podcast. Then we have some more general lifestyle questions. We have some career-related questions, relationship questions, and then just some miscellaneous ones. Now, before we get into the actual questions, I do have two updates. The first is that I have a YouTube channel now. I've already had one for a while, but I kind of restarted it and revamped it. It's just vlog content, so more lifestyle content and definitely nothing super, super exciting. I'm just wanting to share more of the mundane parts of my life and create more and just kind of connect in a more intimate way. And I've been really loving YouTube for that. So if you are interested in that, my handle is Siobhan Lauren, so you know where to find me. And then the other one, it's not really an update, just a reminder that I do have the Reality Creation Club. That's my Patreon where you can join essentially the club and we explore topics that we discuss here on this podcast in more depth. I have my offerings available there, including the manifestation quiz and also design your character as well as a few other offerings. So with those updates slash announcements aside, I wanted to get into the questions. So the first one is about affirmations. This person said, what are your favorite affirmations? Now, I hate to let you down, but I actually do not use affirmations. They are not a regular part of my practice or life in any way. And I'll explain why that is. But before I do, I'll just say from my perspective, I think there are more effective ways of moving towards the reality that you desire because I'm going to assume that if you're using affirmations, it's because you're trying to move towards something that you are not currently experiencing in your reality. And 
when I say that they don't necessarily resonate with me and they're not a part of my practice, I think it's important to remember that I'm not trying to shame you if you do really like them. And don't get me wrong, there have been parts of my journey that I've really resonated with using affirmations. But I think with spirituality or any sort of well-being practice, we all have a different entry point and there are so many different modalities to choose from. And where I'm coming from with you know, saying that they're not something that I necessarily use regularly on a conscious level is that when I first started exploring spirituality, I felt like I had to do it all. I felt like I had to be doing and maintaining every single practice, whether that was affirmations or tarot or meditation or crystals or whatever it may be. And I've really, really pared that down to, well, we'll talk about it in a few questions because someone asked me about my routine but honestly I've really pared that down to very few practices but ones that I really do resonate with. So the reason that I don't love affirmations and again if you do then this is not to suggest that you shouldn't. From my perspective I don't think that it's easy for everyone to trick themselves into believing something that you just don't or that a big part of you rejects. Making a huge jump, for example, from I am poor to I am rich, I feel that that can feel inaccessible and then create even more inner tension. So if the majority of you doesn't resonate with the statement, I am rich, it just creates this inner tension and it feels frustrating because we want to feel that, but we're so aware of the fact that everything within our being doesn't actually feel that that's true. The goal, in my opinion, is to have a relationship with your desired reality where you are actually removing that tension. And to me, this goes hand in hand with setting a vision that is just too far away from your current reality. For me, it creates more inner tension because Essentially, more of my energy is invested into telling myself that, you know, I don't have the thing, I'll never have it, I'm not good enough to have it, etc. More energy is invested into that endeavor and that line of thinking than energy is invested to moving towards the desire. So in other words, my being is resonating more with the absence of the thing than the thing itself. Or going back to the money example, I am poor, I am rich, more of my being is resonating with I am poor, even though I'm trying to get to I am rich. So I find it far more effective to create reality by setting a vision that is closer to where I currently am. It doesn't have to mean smaller, just closer to where I currently feel and what I currently feel is available to me. And when we do this, we have less of this huge rejection response so in other words less of your being is saying no to that statement so again you can just feel this and experiment with this in your own body of if money is what you desire if you say i am rich does your body feel like it's accepting that and does your body feel like it's resonating with that and that would be a good example of if that's not the case then maybe we try a different affirmation or we just you know, put that on the back burner. If, for example, the desire is to have more money, establishing a vision or connecting with an affirmation that is more neutral and truthful that you can validate in your current reality, that's what works for me. So I definitely 
have that as part of my practice and I build that into the design your character process, which we'll talk about in a moment. So for example, something like all of my financial needs are met and I have what I need. That I can resonate with a little bit more, even if 100% of me doesn't resonate with it. It feels more truthful and I can validate it more in my reality. And it doesn't mean that you won't continue to expand to the point where you can truthfully resonate with the idea that you are rich, but it's just noticing when that doesn't feel resonant, doesn't feel resident, for some reason I can't pronounce that word, and adjusting. So I apologize, that was a very long-winded response to what are your favorite affirmations, but I do feel like they are quite popular and I do feel like there is a large majority of us that don't really resonate resonate with them. And so I just want to validate that if that is the case and provide an alternative option okay the next question is how did you slash are you building your self-confidence and self-love i would say the biggest realm for me with respect to self-confidence is noticing areas where i feel less than confident or where i feel out of alignment and consciously moving through whatever it is that i'm like whatever is preventing me from feeling confident. I lately have been feeling very powerful and I've been reconnecting with the idea of power and to me that is goes hand in hand with self-confidence and I guess I couldn't really put my finger on a specific reason as to how I'm building that but I think the the way that I'm feeling powerful and I'm feeling confident is by simply reconnecting with my inner knowing and inner power and not constantly feeling like I have to outsource my self-worth and outsource my value to something essentially outside of me. What I mean by that is I would say that a big thing that used to impact my self-confidence was if I didn't receive validation because my career is largely focused on social media and that has a lot of attachment to things like metrics, how many views you're getting, how many likes you're getting. I have shifted my approach to focusing more on my internal state rather than what's going on in the external. And I would say that that has really impacted my self-confidence because for a long time, I would allow the metrics to really inform how I was feeling. And instead of allowing that to happen, I've kind of taken a step back and just recognized how much that was impacting my energy, my creativity, my spirit, my joy. And I was just kind of getting to the point where I no longer wanted to give that away to something outside of myself. So I've started to reconnect with this idea of setting the tone internally, coming back to my own intention and not allowing everything that's going on outside of me to impact my vision, impact my self-confidence, my self-worth. I think that self-worth is kind of a very subjective thing and I don't want to allow that to be decided by anyone other than me. I also think that it's kind of a made-up thing, self-worth, and sometimes it's a strategic thing to keep us in places where we don't feel powerful and we don't feel like we have agency and autonomy. So coming back to the idea of power, I find that 
building my self-confidence has been about reconnecting with my agency, reconnecting with my autonomy, not allowing things outside of me to inform my sense of self-worth and to kind of project out my expectation for how I expect to be treated, how I expect to be compensated, what I give my energy to, what I give my time to. And of course, I'm not perfect, but again, just refocusing on what is in within my control and not allowing everything outside of me to inform that. Okay, the next question is, what are your morning and evening routines? There's a very short answer to this, and as of right now, I don't have a routine for either, at least not one that I stick to. Now, again, my opinion and state of or point of view I should say is always evolving and so I you know I actually go back and forth with the value of routine I do feel that I'm someone that needs structure to some extent but too much structure and I become stifled and I feel like my creativity is kind of dampened and I just found that I got to a point with my well-being that I was actually kind of forcing myself to do a lot of things that I didn't really feel were bringing me a lot of value. So I felt like I needed to be taking off this huge list of things in my morning routine in order to have a good day. And then I kind of just realized, are these all really necessary? And do I need to put so much pressure on myself to be perfect in my morning and evening routine? Now, I'm not taking away from the value of routine if that makes you feel good but I do feel like in the self-help productivity kind of space it's become too like there's too much pressure to have the perfect morning and evening routine just from my own point of view and I just got to the point where that actually wasn't really productive for me or helpful for me so I will come and go into routines and not put a lot of pressure on myself to maintain them and that's what works for me I do try to have time away from social media in the morning that doesn't always happen though and again I just try not to feel too bad about it it like it happens on some mornings and I just have to allow myself to do it and not add anything on to it and what I mean by that is not add any shame onto the fact that I just scrolled like it it just isn't worth it in my opinion so I do try to stay away from that I always have a tea in the morning I generally try to get a good walk-in at some point in the day. It doesn't always have to be the morning. I generally in the evening, this is actually something that I used to be very regimented with. I My routine is I watch a show in the evening, almost every evening. Me and Jamie do that together. Usually we watch a show or a movie and beyond that, I actually really don't have an evening routine. So yeah, that's my answer to that one. The next one is, what are your favorite ways to move slash feel good in your body? I am really resonating with walking and in terms of feeling good in your body, um, it's a tricky one because I don't always feel good in my body, especially with the sleep apnea journey that I've been on. I have been really low energy and that's making me feel not the most confident because I don't have as much energy for um, like exercise and I used to always think that I just wasn't someone that resonated with high impact high intensity exercise part of me now wonders if that is due to the fact that I am running on fumes and have been running on fumes and have not been sleeping well due to my sleep apnea for who knows how long so I will be curious to see 
how that changes once I start to use my CPAP machine and once I start to get better sleep. But for now, my main form of exercise is just walking. What would last year you be most surprised about this year, you? My immediate answer is my relationship with money. I've talked before and I'll share a little bit more about this in the next question, but I have talked before about having had a really complicated relationship with money and career for most of my life. And I, for as long as I can remember, money has been my biggest source of anxiety. And within the last, I would say, five months, I that's not been my experience. Now, for part of these months, I've been making really good income, so that has certainly helped, but not every single month has my income been super high, and I've surprised myself in, despite having those months, still feeling really solid and trusting and relaxed and natural with money and having a much more dynamic and reciprocal relationship with money where I feel really supported and I feel good about my relationship with money I would say that that has really surprised me and of course I was consciously working on that but at the same time it's one of those things that I never really thought I would ever shift if that makes sense Uh, And the next question is things you crossed off your 2022 resolution list. I took a slightly different approach to resolutions this last year. It is more so centered for me around the premise of design your character. So I was less focused on specific goals and achievements because that never really works for me. And also, I just always change my mind and things are evolving. And I also find that if I do too long of a list of resolutions, I absolutely never stick to them. So for me, it was more about who I wanted to be this year and how I wanted to live. So if you're not familiar with the design your character, how I do this is by honing in on one category of my life at a time. So that's different from what I've done in the past with resolutions where I've tried to like become the perfect perf- person, excuse me, in every area of my life. Design your character, I always focus on one category at a time. And then from there, I identify what my core values are within that category. And then I start to build my character around those core values. So as I said, my focus of the last couple years for resolutions or intentions, or in this case, what I call designing my character, has been largely focused on my career. And the reason that that is, is because that's the area I felt most out of alignment with in the past. So just to give you some specifics, the core values that I focused on this year within the category of career and finances are freedom, ease, and magnetic abundance. And I've talked about what each of those means to me in different episodes, so I'll leave those episodes linked below. But the specifics of what I've focused on a lot has evolved month to month. But interestingly, I actually recorded an episode about resolutions at the beginning of the year. So I just had to look back at what I wrote down. And so I'll go through each one and I'll share which one of them I would say I have kind of achieved, if you will. 
So the first is take the pressure off myself creatively. Now, I don't really know what I meant by that, but I would definitely say that I have a much easier relationship with my creativity now where I just allow myself to kind of freely create without a lot of structure or confinement to it. And if I don't feel very creative, I really try to let myself just relax and not force myself and not push myself. I have be more cyclical with my career and this was actually because I had a death in my family late last year at the end of last year and I noticed during that time that I was like I felt like I had put everything on pause to be there in that experience with my family and then I kind of realized like my I w- my priorities were out of balance and it's not that my life was on pause it's that this is where I need to be right now. I need to be with my family. And this is my purpose right now. Whereas previous to that, it felt like, you know, my purpose is my career and I have to be there at all times. And anytime I take away from that is like a break from that purpose. I tried to take a more holistic approach with my career as being part of my life, but not everything. And so allowing myself to be cyclical when time times happen where I'm required to focus on something else. I would definitely say that I have really been quite good at that and I've been quite good at trusting the cycles a bit more because I've experienced them. I've experienced the times where I'm a little bit less creative, a little bit less focused on my career and I've then felt myself get really creative and things are going really well and things are moving and so I know through having that experience that it will always come back and I can trust that a little bit more. Another one says commit to myself and reduce social media time. I don't really know what that means. I'm assuming it means like focus on my well-being a little bit more rather than spending time on social media. However, I don't know if I knew at the beginning of this year that social media would become like basically my full-time career. So no, I have not really reduced my social media time. I've probably increased it, but that's okay because it's my job and I love it. Finances be less attached to financial gain for every outcome. Um, I think what I meant by this was like just do things just to do them and don't always be attached to the financial gain that they may bring forth. That one I would say is like 50-50. I've been better at this, but it's certainly still in the back of my mind, but I don't think that that is a problem, I should say. Don't be afraid to look at my finances. Don't avoid. That was another one. Yeah, I've been a lot better at that. I used to just like not look and think that that would somehow make things better, but something that I've been shifting into is just trusting that I can I can handle whatever it is that I see. And so I just need to be honest with myself and my situation. And yeah, I've definitely been a lot better at that. And then the last one is hire someone to work on my finances with me. I haven't done that yet because I simply haven't needed to, but that's definitely something that I will be doing probably at the end of this year because my taxes and income streams and all that is all over the place and I would like some support. Okay, the next category is lifestyle. The first question was, how do you make friends as an adult? I actually would say that In the last year, I have. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I don't know how to say this. I've reduced my circle of friends. I've wanted to focus on having fewer friends, actually, and I've never really felt that before. I felt growing up that I had to have a massive circle of friends. Otherwise, I wouldn't be valid or be cool enough. Whereas now I've definitely been kind of focusing on quality with a few good friends and that's been really nice. But with that said, I definitely have been doing a lot of moving around in my adulthood and so I've had to make new friends a lot. And I do have a whole episode on adult friendship and making friends and some of the kind of struggles of that. So I would definitely listen to that if you haven't already. But honestly, I would say that a couple quick things. Bumble BFF was a lifesaver. I also feel like reaching out to people and not being afraid to reach out to people when you move to a new city that you may have a connection with in the past. So whether that's a mutual friend or someone that maybe you knew growing up, but you didn't, you haven't been in touch with for a long time. That's one of our closest friends, mine and Jamie's, we've connected with someone that was actually one of my best friends when I was really little that I hadn't really been in touch with for a really long time. And then when we moved to Vancouver, I knew that they lived here. And so that was a really cool way to get reconnected. And I think having this mindset that I think initially I would have felt like, oh, they probably don't want to meet up with me or they already have an established group of friends. But having a mindset of, being essentially open-minded and recognizing that there are a lot of people in the same boat that are also open to friendships and not feeling like everyone else kind of has that all figured out and doesn't want to be friends with you. I think that that has been really helpful. Um, but yeah, I would say that episode would be really helpful to go into that in a little bit more detail. Okay, the next one is tips on living with tricky roommates. Now, 
I have lived with a lot of different roommates over the years, a lot of different people that were initially strangers, some of which I became friends with, some of which I did not, some that I went into as friends and then ended up not being friends after. So I've had a lot of different experiences with roommates. I don't know that I have like the best advice on this because my approach in the past has essentially been to avoid someone if they are a roommate and I'm having a difficult time with them I'm just like okay I'm just gonna avoid this person I think as I got a little bit older and had those difficulties with roommates later in life I would say that learning to have like crucial conversations and sometimes finding how to kind of like confront certain things has been really important for me because it's one thing to avoid situations but it's another to be able to actually voice how you're feeling and how potentially someone that you're living with is making you feel but of course you have to be careful with this because you're living with a person and you don't want to create an uncomfortable or unsafe environment between the two of you And so I would say that always approaching the situation as though it's like a two-person conversation and you're just trying to make it better for everyone involved. I do think that there are certain situations, in my opinion, like not to be avoidant, but I do think that there are just certain people that shouldn't live together and I've learned that. You can be friends with someone, but if it's just not a good fit, you don't have to force it. And I think giving yourself permission to not force things can actually save relationships. And so, yeah, I would say to summarize, if it's appropriate to create a little bit more space and you don't feel that that's avoiding, then I think that that is a good option. And then learning to be able to have conversations that are kind of with the intention of making it a more harmonious living environment where you're not necessarily trying to be in the right, but you're just trying to kind of create an overall better dynamic. I think that that is a really good skill and not necessarily easy, especially when you're living with someone. Okay, next question is favorite podcasts and YouTube accounts. So, I honestly don't, I'm not a favorites person. I don't have like favorites really of anything, but I do have phases. And right now there's a couple of different things that I'm listening to. My podcast that I've been listening to, one is called Synchronicity with, uh, I believe his name is Noah Lambert. I also really like Jessa Reed, so I've been listening to her podcast. She has a couple, but I've been enjoying the Soberish podcast as well as the AOD podcast. I forget what that stands for. I think it's Awakening Orientation Department. I love anything by P the Fairy and Jaleesa Cypress. And I also, I'm trying to think. I think that's it for podcasts right now. I also like go through phases of different podcasts, but those are the ones that I'm listening to right now. YouTube that I'm watching right now. I honestly primarily watch ASMR or listen to ASMR. That's like my main thing. I like Emma Chamberlain for YouTube, but she doesn't put out that much content anymore. I also really like her dad. I've gotten into his stuff recently. find it really calming and relaxing. I really like Elsa's Wholesome Life. She just creates like family slash cooking slash lifestyle related content and I just find it really easy to watch and then I'll also just watch stuff like architectural digest I like anything related to home home design stuff like that 
But yeah, I don't really have a regular YouTube account that I'm watching right now. So, oh, I really also like this person called Hitomi. I really like her videos and I think that's it. Okay, so now we are moving into career-related questions. I am excited for these because I love to talk about career. Obviously, that's been my focus for the past couple years and anytime I get the opportunity to talk about it, I am really excited. So the first question is, I've always felt really intimidated by content creation. Have you ever felt this way? Yes, absolutely, 100%. I have felt varying levels of intimidation over the course of my career in content creation. For context, I would say I properly started in around April of 2021. I was posting on YouTube. I had a little blog that I was doing and then that led me into TikTok, which then kind of is really the catalyst for my career in social media. And then I do a little bit of Instagram here and there And of course, the podcast here and a few different other things. But when I first started, I was petrified. I like felt really self-conscious. I felt really self-conscious of people I know finding my social media and making fun of me or my relationships with people around me changing because, you know, I was worried that people would judge me and think that I wasn't being myself because they knew one version of me and perhaps what I was sharing felt different from what they knew. So I felt like I didn't really know how to fully be myself. I also feel like that takes a lot of practice to be able to be yourself in front of like potentially millions of people. So the short answer to your question is absolutely yes. At the beginning, I felt a lot more intimidated and I felt paralyzed with fear and with fear of judgment. Also fear of embarrassment. People not actually watching my stuff, so putting a lot of effort into things and being embarrassed because no one watches it. There's also a very real valid fear of people watching it and people seeing it. And, you know, when your account starts to grow, it turned into a different fear, which is, oh my gosh, this is a big responsibility. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Huge fear of being canceled and that like completely um, ruining my income. I definitely feel that that is a big fear as someone who is creating something in the public space, Um, fear of saying the wrong thing. I think I already said that. There's another big one. I can't think of it right now, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of intimidation, very real. I think that's with anything where you're putting yourself out there in a big way, whether that's content creation or putting your art out there or anything that involves you kind of stepping outside of your comfort zone and showing yourself to people and also showing that you're trying. I think it's hard in the beginning when you're not getting a lot of attention, I would say. And, you know, I'm also experiencing this in different ways when I try different channels like YouTube. I'm in the space of not a lot of people seeing it and having to stick with it despite that discomfort of feeling like you're putting a lot of effort into something and nobody sees it. And so, yeah, in a lot of ways, it can be uncomfortable. But at the same time, I will also share that none of the fear or intimidation that I felt is anything compared to the value that I've received from going down this path. I've learned so much about myself. I've grown so much. I've met so many people. I've been able to create a full-time career out of this 
line of work. I've been able to have more flexibility in my life than I ever have before. And I don't necessarily think I'm that talented in it. I don't think I have a specific skill. I just create content over and over again. And it becomes a lot easier as you do it more. I'm not saying I'm an expert. I'm not saying I'm great. But just from my experience, it gets easier. Those fears become less loud and less prominent. And you may still have the fear, but it matters less because you can recognize the value that you're getting out of it. And I know we can hate on social media a lot. I don't think it's going away. And I will say to anyone who's considering a career in social media in any way, I think it's 100% worth it. We're on those platforms anyways. We are consuming content, so we may as well try creating if we want to. You literally never know what can happen. I had no clue what would happen when I started posting, and I wish I had started sooner. So if you're wanting that little push, there you have it. How do you make sure that you are making time for all of your hobbies slash interests and work? I would say that I am a very like balanced person. I never ever feel like I'm working too much because first of all, I absolutely love what I'm doing. And also, I would say that my hobbies and interests really integrate into the work that I do. So I know that's not an ideal answer because my career is sort of unique in that when I'm doing something hobby related, I can also kind of incorporate that into my content at times. So I'd say that at times that can become imbalanced because it can feel like you have to film and create something out of every single aspect of your life. And so I think the way that I've kept that in balance has been to just recognize when I'm feeling a little bit of that pressure to create something out of literally everything that I'm doing and just have things that are my own that I'm not posting, that I'm not publishing, that I'm not feeling the need to make something out of it beyond the activity itself. Reconnecting with fun and play and not necessarily always for a specific outcome just for its own sake. Um, But yeah, that definitely is something that I have to keep in balance and I have to be mindful of for sure. How were you able to step away from your full-time job and start working for yourself? I have a whole episode on my career path and the messiness of that career path. However, just to provide, I I actually think when I recorded that episode, I wasn't fully self-employed. I think I was still doing, I don't know. Anyhow, I now, we are in December of 2022. As of August of 2022, I have been fully 100% self-employed by specifically social media. So I'm actually not doing any digital marketing work anymore and I'm solely just doing social media. I guess the cadence of how this is all gone has been kind of an iterative process. I, in around April of 2020, no, 2021, I started posting on TikTok and started really getting serious about creating my own space and becoming self-employed. I didn't know what that would look like, but I knew I wanted to do my own thing and have freedom and, you know, be in the internet. And so I started doing that around April 2021. And then how I kind of started to step away was actually I'm very lucky that I had a very open-minded and flexible boss and I kind of shared with him later in the year I would say around 
May, June timeframe that I was planning on leaving, but that I was open to making it a transition because that would be mutually beneficial. I wouldn't just up and leave in two weeks. It would give me time to start to build what it was that I was working on and it would give him time to find someone new. So that happened, that transition happened from full-time to part-time for a couple of months and then I believe it was August of 2021, I was doing my own thing for a while. I then got really anxious because I wasn't really making any money and then I went back and did a little bit of part-time seasonal work as well as a little bit of part-time digital marketing freelancing. The end goal was always to be 100% self-employed and ideally through social media because that's what I love to do the most and it's the most flexible for me. But I was willing to kind of try a few different things just to keep myself afloat during that period. Then I did that for a few months and then social media really started to take off in a bigger way and I started to get bigger and bigger contracts with brand partners and then also I started to build out some of my other offerings at the same time so design your character the manifestation quiz my patreon and things like that and so all of those things it's a lot of pieces but I really wanted to like diversify what I was doing so that I would have a lot of opportunity to support myself and so yeah that kind of all led to the point where I was able to just fully do just those things and as I mentioned, that is as of August of this year. Okay, the last category for our questions is relationship. So the first question is, do you ever get relationship anxiety? I do. It's less about the person and more about my habits in a relationship. I tend to think in black and white and also I have kind of an avoidant tendency and I don't like it's not that I don't like conflict because I can have really difficult conversations and I can navigate them very comfortably but I don't like when things are hard and so if there's an ongoing dynamic or an ongoing kind of issue within the relationship even if I can look at the relationship in its entirety and recognize that, you know, it's a natural part of a relationship to have an issue, my tendency is to want to just escape and just avoid. And so I would say that's how my relationship anxiety manifests. It's nothing to the point where I've ever actually consciously planned anything or like wanted to leave but I definitely feel like I have more of those tendencies that I think over time are starting to subside. But the other area that I kind of used to have a lot of anxiety in my relationship, but less so now, and I was actually talking to my sister about this recently because she was expressing that she feels this too, is I've begun to recognize that I'm a very, very independent person. I really like my own space. I like being on my own a lot of the time. I enjoy my alone time. I like sleeping by myself. I like all of these things that I think I was led to believe maybe societally were a sign that the relationship wasn't good. And so I've had to reframe that for myself and just recognize it's okay to be someone who values independence while still being close to your partner. And I used to interpret my desire for independence as a sign that 
again, I wanted to not be in the relationship. And I think it all just comes back to this like avoidant slash black and white thinking tendencies. Um, And that would be kind of the two big ways that relationship anxiety manifests for me. But I wouldn't say that it's like a prominent experience, but it definitely does happen from time to time. Okay, the next question is, how did you know you were ready to be engaged? I don't necessarily know that I felt there was a specific point in time that I knew. Something kind of interesting about when I met Jamie was that I've never felt this way before in a relationship that I initially, when we met, I knew for a fact that I was going to be like end up with him. And so it was only really a matter of time. What I will say about engagement and marriage, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this here, is that I don't actually, it's not like a priority for me to be married. I don't fully understand it, if that makes sense. Like I don't fully know what the value of marriage would bring to my life because we already live together. We're already common law. So the engagement was actually more of a symbolic gesture, if you will. I knew it was coming for a long time. He knew it was coming for a long time. And I wouldn't say there was a point at which we just decided, but there was a point in the beginning of a relationship that both of us felt on the same page of not really having any interest in getting married. And then at one point, I guess that kind of switched. And we thought that it would be kind of nice to be engaged and to celebrate our relationship. And I think we started having that conversation about a year ago. And then we got engaged in August of this year. And again, I don't really feel that it changed anything or that it will if we choose to get married but it's just a really nice fun thing that I it was nice to be celebrated it was nice to celebrate with our family both of our families were there that was really lovely it was like a nice symbolic gesture but yeah that is how I would say that I knew it really wasn't like this big decision it was more just like this is inevitable and we're gonna be together regardless so it might be kind of nice to have this like milestone that we can celebrate together. And then kind of tying into that, someone asked any wedding inspo or plans yet? I'm so curious to see your style. Yeah, so this is actually another funny one. A lot of people in our lives have asked like when we're getting married, what our plans are. And I would say that these questions came like immediately, like the day after we got engaged, people started asking. I, the both of us don't really have any plans at all. And that can sound kind of weird because we got engaged, of course. But from my perspective, my personal perspective, I don't want to do something until I feel fully on board with it. And it's not that I don't want to be married to Jamie or that he doesn't want to be married to me. It's more so I don't know if a wedding is important to me to have, like a big celebration. Um, And I want to spend some time like reflecting on that and trying to figure out what is important to me. I do know that celebrating with our families would be really nice and, you know, having a little get together with our families and celebrating our love. If you don't know, he's from the UK, I'm from Canada. So it would be a unique opportunity to get people together that may never be together again. Um, But I don't, 
my initial feeling is that it won't be a big thing. It won't be like a big endeavor. I have never really been a planner of anything in general. And the idea right now of planning a wedding makes me feel like just not necessarily anxious. I just don't want to do it. So if anything, it would be small. From a style perspective, the inspiration that I have, I do have a Pinterest board, would be kind of like cottagecore-ish. So something in a backyard would be really lovely with like some nice fairy lights and very outdoorsy and just natural and low-key maybe some like homemade stuff and being able to utilize some of the skills that different people in my family have would be really nice and yeah I think what's most important to me and to Jamie is family togetherness and I definitely don't feel like I need to do anything above and beyond and don't get me wrong I love going to weddings it's just not I couldn't see myself doing that and neither of us are necessarily very um, religious. So yeah, we'll have to think about that for some time. We definitely don't have any like plans in the immediate future and it's definitely from my perspective something that I could see at least a couple years into the future but I will definitely keep you posted. I forgot that I had one miscellaneous question which is kind of random but someone asked where is your gray tank top? from now I'm assuming it's the gray tank top that I was wearing in the photo that I posted but I wear it all the time it's just like a play green gray ribbed tank top that is actually from Walmart and it was really cheap and I'm not necessarily advocating for shopping there but sometimes you just need something affordable and it's actually pretty good I really like it and I wear it all the time Okay, folks, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. I would love to hear how you felt about this one. Obviously, I know it's a bit different from my usual content, but it's also really nice to get to know you and for you to get to know me. So I hope that you found something in this episode that you didn't know about me, that was surprising to know about me, and definitely feel free to shoot me any questions and let me know if you want to hear something like this again in the future. So as always, thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you for being here, and I will see you in next week's episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.